an awkward birthday story. I got contacted by a person like a month and a half ago or something. Not maybe a month ago to give them a birthday message for their boyfriend. This is only the second time this has ever happened. And now that I'm mentioning this and it might end up in rambles, I guess I'll never do it again because I'll, I'll probably just get bombarded with messages of people asking me to do it. But regardless, I thought it was nice that this person cared enough about their boyfriend's tastes and preferences, what they're, what they're into and stuff, to, to contact me to give them a happy birthday message, right? I was like, oh, that's sweet. So I guess I'll do it. Then I forgot about it. And then like a few weeks went by. I'm like, oh shit, I was going to do that message, whatever. So I, I sent them a message and I'm like, hey, do you still want that birthday message for your boyfriend? And, and she's like, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that'd be great. And uh, I waited like a week, week and a half. And then I sent them the message. And then they got back to me and they're like, oh, that's awesome. Uh, unfortunately, we just broke up like a couple of days ago or whatever. And I'm like, ah, oh, God. I mean the new old crew. I was like, oh no, what timing, you know? And it sucks because they, they seem like a nice person and like, because I don't know anything about their relationship or whatever. Like, instinctively I wanted to give them advice, but I was like, no, don't give advice because you know what the fuck's going on in their lives. You don't know why they really broke up or whatever. You, you have barely any relationship experience. Just, just wish them both the best. But, uh, funnily enough, she still, she, she said she would still give him the message. But, uh, yeah. Whatever the case may be, I hope they, uh, hope they both do well. The effect of consistent music in YouTube videos. You want to make music for my YouTube streams? I can't do it, unfortunately. The system I have works and I'm not keen to change it. The only thing I could use an intro song for is, like, maybe Reddit recap, but I don't know how I would slot in the intro and stuff and... I don't know. Because I know other people have intros and shit for various different things. Theme music and whatnot. Like, Clicks Philip makes a good point in... I can't remember what video he mentioned. I think he's mentioned it a few times where certain songs or sounds become associated with a particular YouTuber or a particular type of content. And that kind of association is good. Vsauce's music suited his videos. Jim Sterling's tunes worked with his. But obviously, the liking of the tune comes after the watching of the series. So it really is a case of forcing a song into something until people associate it with that thing. I now get people telling me that Atomic Amnesia needs case unboxing sounds to sound right. But having been listening to that song for 10 years, I don't think it does. Like, like you may have heard at the very beginning of my um, recent Passers episode, uh, I, I used a particular sound. That's Ludwig's intro sound. And that was what the reference was. And a lot of people in the comments are like, oh, I feel like I clicked on a Ludwig video. That's a cool thing to have, and I have nothing like that. And as much as I would like to have that, uh, I'm not, I don't know much about music. I don't know what I would want in a sound like that, and trying to hire someone and be like, yeah, look, you just make me like a thing that sounds good, thank you. Like, it would never work. And I hate being mean to people, I don't want to reject people and be like, yeah, I, I don't like this and stuff. It, it, it just seems like a lot of effort to find the exact right sound. Like, normally I edit the Reddit recap, and uh, I've had the most recent one. I, I gave it to Martin just because I, uh, I've i been too under the weather. I, I just didn't want to have to have it sit there for a week or two before I got to it. And he's like, have you ever thought about using music in the Reddit recap? I'm just like, I just don't want to go the effort, you know? Rarely is a video defined by its music, as in, like, you like it, like just background music. Normally, like, with just generic background music, you'd listen to the video 
or watch the video regardless of whether that music is there or not. But it, it often still makes it a little bit better, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it's nice. Three dumb things I did recently. I went to the post office to finally deliver the giveaway winner's CPU after two weeks of not doing it. And I got to the post office, I got out, and I realized I forgot the package and had to go back home. I felt just as stupid as when I went to the to get my hair cut and I got out of my car and I realized I had no shoes and I couldn't deal with going and sitting in the barber and stuff without any kind of shoes. So I went home. I left my shoes at my mother's because I had to drive her car. It's funny though, because I would just wear thongs or flip-flops as people call them in other countries. So all it would be is a bit of rubber on the bottom of my foot. I'd still basically be barefoot. But the difference there in, in comfort in society is is significant enough that I went just went home. Today, I set my oven to the incorrect settings. So it looked like it was on, but it wasn't cooking my pizza. And so the pizza took like an extra 25 minutes to cook. Just catching up all the dumb things that I've done. What would happen if I was banned off YouTube? There was a brief period where YouTube removed GTA 5, Vice City, and GTA 3 from their categories. So you could no longer stream under those categories or make videos with that game as, as your category. And instantly I thought, oh my god, they're going to ban GTA 5 on YouTube and I'm going to only be able to stream. What is my life going to be like when I only stream on Twitch? Instantly I thought, you know, being on Twitch, far less stressful. Can just chill every day, but I, I don't think I'd want to just stream for a living. Like there are so many cool, funny moments that happen on stream, and I'd hate for them to, you know, only exist temporarily, and for only a finite amount of people who happen to be there at the time for them to see it. I like the permanency of YouTube. Well, it's not, obviously not permanent forever. It's not like a hundred years now people are going to be watching my my videos, but far more people see it, you know. And um, I have that record, and I can look back and go, I remember when that happened, you know. Certainly be far less money too. And the amount of new viewers I would be getting would be far less. Like if I had to stop YouTube tomorrow, I wouldn't be sunk, but my belief in the longevity of my career, you know, that I'd be around five years later would be uh, far less. The effect of negative promotion and perception online. Do I watch my own videos? Yes. Mainly the rambles. What? Well, oh, is off, what is often the case is the thumbnail isn't made when the video is made. So, like, like even when I, I do the rendering and whatever and then I upload it, I can, usually can't be able to make the thumbnail. So what usually ends up happening is later on, I'll rewatch the video in like three times speed to find a thumbnail. But beyond that, there are some videos of mine that I've done that I quite enjoy. And uh, I have watched them myself when I have nothing else to watch. Maybe when it gets recommended to me on my Dark Fiber, when I'm on my Dark Fiber Clips YouTube channel, like it'll recommend me videos for my main channel. I'll be like, oh, I remember that video and I'll watch it. Um, but usually like two, three times here because I know what's going to happen, so. Um, I actually watched a ramble yesterday. There's one ramble that I have that's mildly controversial to me. And I think it is so well presented and argued that I don't know how it could ever come to bite me in the ass, but multiple times I've thought, I should just get rid of this. It, like, who really cares? I don't care about this topic. But when I listen to it again, I'm like, I like this ramble. I, can, I can't remove it. I like it. But it's always prudent to remember, like, it, it doesn't matter how well you present something or, or 
argue something or whatever. If a person's malicious enough, they can always take stuff out of context. And people who don't care about that context and just want to hate on you will, uh, will lap that shit up, you know? I do think about that sometimes when I, when I talk about some stuff. Like, I, I didn't used to think about it as much because I was a lot smaller, but these days, now that I'm a bigger content creator, I do think sometimes, like, how could this be taken out of context? How could a malicious person take something I've just said now and present it in a way that I don't intend? Because I've said before, like, your, your ability to be cancelled without, like, the actual platforms banning you is effectively non-existent for a public figure like myself. But that doesn't mean that people wouldn't hate me. I, I, I care about the way that I'm perceived, to an extent, and uh, I don't like thinking that there's just a, a huge amount of people out there who just hate me. That, sh that shit can kind of affect you mentally. Logan Paul filmed a suicide victim and he's doing fine right now. Oh, he's done tons of stuff. Like, remember the time he like uh, electrocuted a rat or whatever? It's, it's... Look up any of the huge content creators and they'll have like 57 scandals. Uh, and the only thing that would have ultimately made those scandals actually do something is if they quit themselves under the pressure, if they were banned from the platform, or they legitimately went to jail. And even then, the jail would just mean, you know, potentially they could come back after going to jail. As long as it is still possible to make your content and have people find you, potentially through the scandal, you, you, in the vast majority of cases, you're going to be better off in the long, long term. No publicity is bad publicity? No, that's not true. The example I always like to give is the Streisand effects. The reason the Streisand effect exists as an idea is because Barbara Streisand wanted to get rid of a picture of her house that appeared on the internet. And so she, you know, used legal mechanisms or whatever to try to take it down, blah, blah, blah. And because of her um, fervent desire to do this, it caused more people to be aware of the photo and so more and more people became aware of it, more and more people became aware of what a house looked like, blah, blah, blah. And clearly that publicity was not publicity that she desired. It's just in the case of being an online content creator, as a general rule, you just want more and more people to be aware of you and your content and to speak about you. Your name gets mentioned more, the algorithm sees that your name is getting mentioned more, that people are talking about you and your stuff, and so they, they spread your contents to other people or people who are talking about you, even in negative light. Some people who are listening to that negative stuff will be like, I don't agree that this is actually negative. Oh, actually, I probably like this content creator. And they go look at look for that person, you know. It is possible for publicity to negatively impact things. But just for people who, who make their living <laughs> being acknowledged by the public, it's, it's, uh, it's rare that supposed, you know, cancelings actually have that kind of impact. Or like, um... Uh, remember that Jim Sterling thing where he made a negative review about the game and that company tried to DMCA it and they went all fucking crazy threatening to sue him and stuff and da da da. It was a big thing, you know, five years ago, whatever. Um, and you can look at the Steam sales, despite millions of people now becoming aware of this shitty game, they didn't get any more sales. And their reputation was tarnished. Or more that just more people became aware of them. I just thought they were shit, you know? Smug dance girl and the risk of losing it all. Who is the little guy dancing at the end of my video? It's the little girl from A Hat in Time. It's from a meme called Smug Dancing that was popular for like a week. I have no reason to remove it, so it's staying. 
I should probably remove it though. You never know when it might bite me in the ass in the future. No, don't. People don't even know the meme. You're always that way, chat. You don't like change. This is different, streamer. I don't like it. Do the normal thing. Streamer, why you change? Colon D. Because <laughs> it's, it's technically a copyrighted image or whatever, right? I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure they, they won't give a shit, but I mean, it's just, you know. Like, you always think about these stories where a person will be using seven seconds of a little bit of music of a song in their outro, and then that uh, the people who own that song are like, Oh, what are you doing? You're using our musical, my god, content ID, all your videos. Like, multiple times. People who had to like use the YouTube editor and like remove audio from their outros or intros just to uh, appease some music creator or whatever, right? Wasn't Pyro Cynical an example of that? When you become a big content creator and you really like what you have, you begin analyzing what are the what are my vulnerabilities here? What are the ways that I can be screwed over? What are the ways that I can lose? the thing that I, I enjoy most, you know? I have not ever experienced the level of satisfaction with my life uh, as I have uh, while being a streamer and uh, well, content creator in general, I suppose. Um, and so I'm fearful of losing it, you know? There are many ways you could get screwed over, but that is life, you know? Every day, people are completely screwed over by stuff entirely outside of their control or stuff that is like thousands, millions to one kind of stuff that potentially they could have um, prevented, but you can't spend your entire life looking for those one in a million chance things and, and trying to safeguard yourself from them, else you're going to end up in a small box with bubble wrap, <laughs> like only communicating with the world through like 10 inches of bulletproof glass kind of thing, you know? Life is some amount of risk, but obviously my politics is a... Uh, is a understanding that this risk exists and a belief that society should mitigate this risk for people. As in, uh, the guaranteed minimum should be above destitution or death. Whereas, uh, absence controls the... Uh, people every day can, um, suffer destitution and death without, you know, without any ability to prevent it. What I'm saying is, life uh, has some, uh, downsides. You may have noticed. Sometimes, bad stuff happens in life. I know this may be a shock to most of you, but it's true. Life is not all sunshine, rainbows, and cute puppies. <laughs> Everyone wouldn't want my life and returning to dating. I'm giving life advice now. It's funny, I try not to give life advice. I don't think I'm all that good at living life. <laughs> As I say, the life that I lead, I... Most people probably uh, wouldn't be able to stomach all that well. Probably uh, on the surface it looks like something that most people would want. But uh, taken as a totality, I don't think that's true. I like it though, you know. This isn't me saying, oh, woe is me. It's me saying, I think I've got it pretty good, given my preferences. But there's a lot of people out there who don't have my preferences. They're people who want to go somewhere every fucking day, don't like sitting in a chair, you know, 16 hours a day or whatever. But there's a lot of people who do like that kind of stuff, you know? Everyone's life has downsides, detriments, you know, um, trade-offs. And I just happen to have found one where I like the trade-offs that I've made. The things I don't do or can't do, 
don't bother me all that much. And the things that I can do, and I am doing, I really enjoy. Those weirdos who don't like to stay home? Yeah, those fucking weirdos. <laughs> I have been thinking though, chat, that when I turn 30, which is in like a week, I think I might start trying to date again. Maybe do some online dating stuff. It's an avenue of life that I've largely just completely ignored since I was like, when was the last date I went on? I, last date I went on was like, I was like 22, maybe 23. It's a long time. And I don't think I was ever particularly good in relationships and whatnot. But uh, sometimes I do sit and I go, man, it'd be really good just to have one person who's always got my back, you know? Someone who's always in my corner, have a bad day, just hug, snuggle, watch a movie. It sounds heavenly. But when you think about the upsides, it's like most things in life where the, the end perfect results, achieving that, thinking about the path to get there is so much work. And you aren't even guaranteed to get there, you know? The world is full of people who, you know, invest so many years of their life into a relationship and then it just fails, you know? Or they flitter around trying to find uh, the perfect person or whatever and they, uh, they never end up making it. And as a person who has spent most of their life fairly content being a loner, I'm not even sure uh, I'd be suited for a relationship, right? Maybe, I mean, it's now. I didn't hate it back then, but it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Identity and coming to know yourself. There is this thing where knowing yourself is a very hard thing to achieve. The narrative you tell yourself about yourself is inherently biased for uh, like ach achieving your emotional needs, right? You tell yourself you're a good person, you're doing the good things, um, that those people who don't like you, they're fucking crazy, man, and they, they over-exaggerate and blah, blah. You, you, you tell yourself these narratives. And like, like, so what I'm saying is I don't know who I am really. A significant amount of how you learn about yourself is through other people and your interactions with other people. And I don't interact with people. I haven't interacted with people significantly in like half a decade. And you change significantly, like every five years. Who am I, chat? Who am I? What I'm saying is, I can't assess well if I, th I would be good in a relationship or if I really want a relationship or not. And I just feel like I should just try. Give it a go, meet some people, and see what comes of it in the end. And I might learn some stuff about myself. Maybe I'll learn that I'm actually a huge jerk. <laughs> what, what's, the, what's that idea called again? Where you, where you learn about yourself through other people? Other, other people in society and mirrors into yourself? What's, what's that called? Can't remember what that's called. It's true. In some ways, uh, your good friends know you better than you know yourself. If you want to know yourself, you got to look at yourself through the eyes of other people. And your interactions with them. And I, I don't like that I don't have that. All I have is you guys, and you guys just know me as online content creator guy. I wonder how much of who I am has changed over the years because of the internet and Twitch and YouTube. Where like, I'm subtly changing to meet the expectations of people online. In how I interact or what I say or, or whatever. It'd be, it would be really interesting just to talk to myself five years ago and see how much of how I act and uh, is similar, right? Because I can look at content from five years ago and see myself as a fairly different person, you know? 
I know what I'm rambling about, I'm sorry. I just mean reflecting some, I just reflect sometimes about uh, identity, who I am, what it means to be me, what I see myself as, how accurate can I be in my self-perceptions, and it, uh, it bothers me that I'm not really certain, you know, about these things. Nothing to lose sleep over? Yeah, I don't need another one of those. I hope you figure out yourself and whatnot. That's the disturbing thing, right? At what point could you ever really be certain that your perception of yourself is legitimate, is real, and not just a manifestation of bias? And I think, I think the only way you could ever get close is just by testing your self-perception against the perception of other people uh, that, uh, that other people have for you, you know? Without other people, I don't think you can ever really know yourself. I suppose you could judge yourself in the same kind of way that other people do, in like, in like in actions. Like you can look back at the objective actions that you took and assess yourself based on that. Yeah, I suppose that makes sense. Even if you don't remember your motiv motivations for those actions, maybe even that the motivations you tell yourself for those actions were actually false. The actions would still mean something. Like, I'm, I'm a firm believer, chat, that effectively everything that we do, that we tell ourselves, that we tell other people, is just all about meeting our emotional needs. Achieving the sensations that we value and avoiding the sensations that we don't value. And that's basically all life is. When a person questions us for why we've done something, everything that comes out of our mouth after that point is just... Shut up, leave me alone, let me continue to do the thing that I want to do. <laughs> and you emotionally want to do something, and then it's just a matter of... Everything that goes on in your head is just... You trying to convince yourself that you're justified to do the thing that you actually emotionally want to do. You know? Like, the, there's a line that is obvious, but I, it just most recently said by Tom Scott, where he's like... The standards that people argue for are always just beneath what they're doing. Not an exact quote, I put the exact quote on Twitter. But when I think about my condemnation of other people's behaviors and things I make exception for, I realize the things that I make exception for are the things that I myself do or plan to do. What, a, what an amazing coincidence that our standards of behavior, or, or whatever, just happen to have it so that what we're doing is acceptable. What are the odds? Chess pros make me want to stop playing chess. So recently I was watching this dude on YouTube get 2800 in chess. And watching it makes me feel like I'm watching StarCraft pros back in the day. Like, one of the reasons I stopped playing StarCraft was because people who were pros were so fucking good and it felt intimidating. And I feel that same way watching this dude play chess. Makes me want to play the game far less. It was interesting watching it though. As in like, it's really impressive how good you can be at chess once you've played, you know, a bajillion games and can memorize all the boards and all the plays that people could possibly do. But who got the time for that shit? It is as most skills are, how being a master in a skill is really impressive. Then you realize how much time it would take to become a master and you're like, ah, fuck it. You know. I have now made it as a content creator. So I'm going to brag for a second chat. Those of you who watch my rambles will remember that there is one thing that I said that you know I've hit the big times when I do it. And what that thing was is having glass bottles of coke. 
I have small mini bottles of Coke. I bought four of them, and they're delicious. Coke in glass is like the best thing ever. But it costs like, per liter, like so much more than cans or plastic bottles. But the glass is so good. Like you go to fancy restaurants and you ask for a Coke, they'll bring it out for you in a, in a glass bottle. My, my room is now a fancy restaurant trap. Hit the big leaks. <laughs> I haven't bought a lot of them though, because I still think it's a bit extravagant, but uh, I did buy um, a pack of four. And I like it. Be sure to like the video and subscribe to my channel. It costs you nothing and I wish you all the best. Thank you.